think that the top world athletes make a lot of money? Welcome to the Mindset of Champion podcast. Today, you will hear the truth. Hello, everybody. Welcome today on uh, this uh, video. And today I have another fantastic guest. Someone who represented his country on the Olympic Games, Winter Olympic Games to be specific. Uh, and uh, Nicholas Timmings. Nicholas, can you please tell us how the journey started and how did it all start for you? Well, before you represented Australia on the Olympic Games. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I competed in uh, Beijing uh, for Australia in the sport of skeleton. Um, and skeleton's like a sliding sport, like similar to bobsled and luge. So we slide down a, an icy track. And I got started in 20, 2012, so 10 years ago now. And I got, um, I actually got recruited through athletics. So Australia was doing a talent ID um kind of camp and testing day and um yeah i heard about it and i tried out for that testing camp um my results are pretty good and yeah that's how that's how it started i was invited over to to new york to um give it a go and yes ever since then i, I love the sport and um yeah it's taken me all the way to to now 2022 and yeah fortunately enough i was able to qualify for the for the winter olympics fantastic so you're saying it was all by accident you just decided to join because uh, well it was something new and something fun um so i knew a couple of winter sport athletes so i had a high school pe teacher who went to the um vancouver 2010 winter olympics in bobsled so i kind of knew about the about the sliding sports and at the time i was um, playing soccer and athletics and I had a couple of injuries in soccer, actually. So I was oh. going uh, maybe through a bit of a transition period where I thought, could I could I make it to the next level in soccer? Um, and then, yeah, this opportunity came up and I thought, um, yeah, why not give it a go? Like, I might as well take this opportunity to to see see if it fits and works out. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad I did. Really glad I made the switch. And, um, yeah, <laughs> since then, it's, uh, it's been skeleton. Fantastic. So... Well, tell me, because uh, among all the successes that you have, uh, you actually did represent country uh, during the Olympic Games. And, uh, well, being there, it's, uh, it's a dream for many athletes. How did it feel back then? How did you feel competing during the Olympic Games and, uh, well, being among the best of the best? It was, it's probably the most stressful thing I've ever done uh, competing at Olympic Games. But uh, yeah, it's just like literally unreal. I can't like, sometimes you're just standing there and you can't really put words to what you're feeling. Um, yeah, so just really surreal, really unreal. Um, I felt very privileged to be there. And it was just an amazing atmosphere to be, like you said, surrounded just by all these athletes who'd given just as much as I had. And um yeah, it got to that top level. And it was a bit unfortunate with COVID and some of the restrictions yeah. um, at the time. But um, yeah, nonetheless, it was just an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, one thing I'll never forget. Well, so how does it feel right now? Is it still the same feeling when you uh, today talk about this uh, and thinking about your 
participation right now? Definitely less stress at the moment, uh, <laughs> coming back to Australia and being back in normal life. Yeah, so less stress. Um, I think there's a lot more pride now. I feel a lot a lot of pride in myself for having having done that and having accomplished it. Yeah, um, definitely. Rather than back then. Yeah, rather than back then when it was um, kind of stress and anxiety and, yeah, it was like kind of like game time, like we've got to go now, like all the hard work and prep is... Um, is peaking towards this event so i think stepping back and um having a bit of time to process it all um it's yeah it's more of a proud moment than um yeah the kind of game time moment i guess uh back then at the actual olympics definitely and you mentioned the hard work well of course competing at the olympic games mean that you did a lot of hard work uh, and in your case it wasn't just that uh, I know that you needed to pay extra price, let's call this, uh, to join the well, the Olympic Games. Can you tell tell us more about the financial side of uh, your participation in the Winter Olympic Games? Yeah, so unfortunately, because Australia is such a summer dominant sport, um, there's not a lot of funding for the for the winter disciplines uh, and skeleton in particular. We don't really have. There's no like program, so we don't have managers, we don't have coaches, um, and yeah, so there's no funding involved. So, pretty much the last ten years, and for me to get to the Winter Olympics, it's pretty, it's been about ninety five percent self funded. So, I've had to have a job in the off season and save as much money as I could, and then yeah, just pay for everything, pay for flights, accommodation, um, car hire, even race fees. Um, yeah, so just having to have a job and save money to be actually actually having to compete. Um, our coaching was another one as well. So because we didn't have coaching, I had to hire my own international coach, um, which was very expensive. Uh, luckily, I teamed up with some um, other athletes from other smaller nations. But uh, yeah, that was another expense on top of it all. But uh, yeah, like I said, um, got there in the end and uh, very proud of myself. Fantastic. So uh, why did you do it actually, despite the financial cost? Because it went out of your own pocket. Uh, yeah, I think just the love of the sport. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't like the actual sport. So the love of the sport. And I think um, I really enjoyed traveling and competing. I'm a very competitive person. So obviously, if I didn't have that competitiveness, um, I wouldn't uh, feel the need to, yeah, um, put so much of my life and so much of my time into it. So I think just the love of the sport, um, getting to travel, getting to compete for Australia. Yeah. Yeah. was the, was the real love. And um, I've always wanted to see how far I could take my physical ability and see where um, my sport could take me. So yeah, that was the real motivator in, in pushing through and yeah, doing the hard work and, and um, yeah, paying for everything myself. So if you could turn back time, would you have done it again? Yeah, I would, I would do it again. I think there's a couple of things I would change. Um, like I said, I had to hire my own coach and I could really only afford him for the last couple of seasons. Um, so maybe if I were to do it again, I would try to find the money to hire the coach for for maybe yeah a couple more years before that um mm. so maybe i could improve quicker and uh yeah be a better athlete but um 
yeah, as far as spending the money to actually compete goes, I would do it again. But yeah, I would try uh try maybe do it a bit more efficiently and um yeah, maybe try hunt sponsors a bit more and uh yeah, put more time and energy into into that. But yeah, I would do it again. Well, so hearing that, uh how you talk about what you have done, what what would you have done differently? Uh I must ask, are you going to do it again so i'm gonna probably i'm not gonna do any competitive racing this season um i might do some training so just to keep uh keep relevant within the sport and keep my skills up but no racing this year but yeah i would like to go to the next uh, winter olympics in uh, milan fantastic so you're you're right on track you're not competing right now but you're doing the training and you started already preparation for uh next olympic winter olympic games yes so yeah keeping keeping fit at the moment still doing running and still getting in the gym so just keeping the body physically fit at the moment um but yeah my main focus at the moment is um trying to get uh, more funding for the next four years so yeah that's that's the kind of main priority at the moment um i'm not too focused on on racing like i said um yeah, just yes. keeping the body fit and looking for those funding opportunities to to last for four years, so can really give uh, the next quad uh, a really good crack. Okay, so uh, after what you just said, you actually need to well get funding for competing. Last time, now you're thinking about well, you're planning to complete again. You're not thinking of it. You're planning it already, uh, and uh, well. That's again a lot of money that you need to save to do it, uh, and it's uh, it's quite difficult to to work to support yourself and to save extra money to to compete to do sport. What about your friends and family and friends uh, in that situation? Are they supporting you in in any way on the way to to the Olympics? Yeah, so friends and family were pretty much the reason I could could compete at the last Olympics and could um, do the seasons previous to that. Uh, I had to rely on my family a lot. They, yeah, they gave me a lot of money. Um, I was living at home to save money. Yeah, mum and dad were very supportive. Actually, I was at the when I was at the Olympics, um, I couldn't pay one of my coaching bills, so my dad had to quickly transfer me $2,000 to be able to pay that. So, yeah, they've always been there instantly to be able to help me. So that's kind of my goal now is to not have to rely on my family and friends like that again to be able to compete. So that's why I'm trying to fund these, uh, find these funding opportunities just so I don't have to yeah, put them under pressure and put myself under so much pressure to just even be able to compete. So yeah, they've been vital in um, in my success so far and yeah, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have got to the Olympics without them. Fantastic. It's, it's very good to hear, very good to know that, uh, well, the family and friends, uh, stood right by you and supported you. Uh, not all the stories that I hear are that positive, uh, but uh, tell me, it's, um, well, as well as the in, uh, in the world of sports, every single person goes through a difficult situation at some point of life, and uh, they have tough decisions to make. Uh, well, you sacrificed a lot already. You had some support, that's, that's very good. But along the way, with everything 
coming at the same time, especially right before and during the Olympic Games. How did you stay sane on that journey? Yeah, like you said, um, yeah, you do get, uh, especially in an individual sport, you do get a lot of ups and downs. And yeah, you do have to to pick yourself back up when you're down. And um, yeah, I found that uh, for me, thinking about that end goal and thinking about was I was I finished in the sport um, or did I have more to prove? Did I have more that I could improve on? Did I want to keep going? Um, that's that's kind of the reason I was able to pick myself every time I, I had a had a low point. Um, so pretty much just telling myself that I'm not I'm not finished yet. I have unfinished business was uh, a real motivator for me. And um, yeah, as as um, for staying sane during that whole period and at the Olympics, I think for me having interests in other areas of life and having friends who like aren't sports people to be able to talk about different things and just just day-to-day life and like how they're doing and what they're up to um i think having that other avenue outside of the sport really kept me sane and um it kind of kind of grounds you and gives you perspective that sport isn't everything there is a there is a life out there and um yeah so sometimes when i would think like I'm getting too much in my head and thinking about too much of sport, I would um, be able to kind of get into that world and talk to my friends and family and have uh, have other interests. And it would it would calm me down. It would give me um, a bit of a break. And, yeah, I found every time I did that, uh, I came back to the sport more more motivated and, um, yeah, more hungry to, to train and, yeah, give it my all again. Yeah, well, it's I can clearly see that, uh, well, you've, your family your friends they were uh, like an anchor when you were going the downward spiral and uh, well putting yourself into all this trouble they could just hold you up there and that's fantastic but uh, it is one of the ways of uh, dealing with stress but uh, what do you think is generally the best solution to deal with high level of stress I think removing yourself from the situation that you're in uh, probably worked best for me is, um, yeah, if you're somewhere, say a different country, like you're not having a good day, um, go for a walk, uh, go have something to eat somewhere else. Um, yeah, just removing yourself completely from that situation and uh, allowing yourself to to think about other things is probably probably the thing that worked best for me. Just, just relaxing, just resting really. Fantastic. It's, it might sound very simple to to our listeners, but uh, well, I work with uh, people who are under a lot of pressure, and yes, those simple things that was very powerful advice because those simple things that you do when you, like you said, removing yourself from the stressful situation, they actually work really well. Yeah, uh, I think so. I hear a lot of these kind of simple simple solutions um and yeah really people people keep saying it because they actually do work and they're, they're very effective methods of um yeah like you said uh taking the stress away so yeah it might sound simple but uh when you're in those situations and you you actually put it to practice so yeah you, you realize how much it actually works and uh, how effective it really is definitely so uh, tell me we know you compete uh, you didn't say anything about what you do and uh, how your career unfolds outside of the world of sport. Uh, 
uh, I know as a matter of fact that uh, you can speak Japanese and there is a reason behind this. I know that you've been involved in uh, some uh, well events and you've been on the stage already speaking uh, as well. So if someone wanted to follow your career at general and wanted to see how, well, what you do and how you uh, will grow outside of the world of sports and in the world of sports, where those people can find you? Do you have uh, accounts, uh, profile media, uh, sorry, social media profiles or website where they can find you? Yeah, so the main ones I use are Instagram. So n.timmings uh, is my Instagram handle. Uh, and probably the other one is LinkedIn. So Nicholas Timmings on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'd say those are the two ones I've checked the most, uh, LinkedIn and Instagram. And yeah, you can follow follow my journey there. And um, yeah, those are the ones I update the most. Yeah, fantastic. So what I'm going to do, it's below this video, down in the description, I'm going to add the links uh, to your profiles so people can find you and uh, well just get in touch with you if uh, if they wanted to ask any questions or maybe uh, cooperate with you somehow maybe you'll find a sponsor for next olympic games i yeah, hope you will hopefully but uh, well be before we finish uh, our today interview i wanted to ask uh, one more question uh, Nicolas, uh, tell me one piece of advice, just one thing that you could give to a young person who decided to be a professional athlete. I would say um, find the right reasons that you're wanting to go into a certain path. So find your reasons. Don't let it be someone else telling you that you should go into this, you're, you should be doing this. Um, it could be even parents, friends, anyone else. Don't let them tell you what you should be doing. So find your reason to to do the sport or do whatever really in life. And um, I think if you've got a good good enough reason, you'll have the motivation and, and you'll go the furthest. So find the reasons why you do what you love um, and the motivation, it'll come easy after that. So yeah, find your passion really. Fantastic. It's, it's another very simple and very powerful advice that we hear from you today. It is important. Well, so guys, uh, thank you very much for watching. Nicolas, thank you very much for being here and sharing all those advices. Uh, well, especially the one with following your heart, basically, because uh, that's, yes, that's very important. Uh, thanks again. And uh, well, I'm hoping to see you on, on another interview at some point. Uh, thanks a lot. Good luck and see you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening and see you next week in the next episode.